0: Fans, welcome back to another episode of the Shrews Views podcast brought to you by the Shropshire Star and this is certainly going to be a positive episode today. My name is Johnny Drury and as always I'm alongside the star's main salad man, Mr Ollie Westbury. Now the mood on this podcast and among Salop fans this season has been, safe to say all a little despondent at times but certainly not today. Ollie's looking back at me from, a, from his computer screen with a big smile on his face and I'm sure there are a lot of smiles in that Salop end on Saturday at Northampton um, as we know since the last episode Paul Hurst has returned the man who uh, one Youngster with a sign sort of described on Saturday as the return of the king and he's certainly sure. returned um, with a bang a 2-0 win for Salah over Northampton oh how you doing mate I'm sure you're in a uh, in fine mood on this uh this pretty rainy Monday afternoon
1: yeah I'm good I'm good I'm glad to be joined by you for another episode of the podcast we've both got Coffee in hand, coffee in hand. We've just been chatting about marathons that you're doing and I'm not.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) And I'm eating a
0: bagel. So, yeah, I'm living the life. Yeah, it's a good, uh, certainly a good day on that side of things and certainly was a good day on Saturday for Salop. And we're going to discuss everything from the performance and the win at Northampton. We'll reflect on Paul Hurst's unveiling last week at at press conference. I know I was there with Ollie and he got to ask an awful lot of questions of both Hurst and and Mickey Moore. I'm sure they were sort of hoping When when's this going to end by the time you got to the list of your questions all. So we'll uh, we'll reflect on a little bit of that. We'll look at what the uh, the final few days of the window may or may not bring for Salop. We'll answer some of your questions and we'll look ahead to Saturday's clash with Cambridge. But we're going to start and focus the majority of the podcast on Northampton. Um, all away days have been pretty stark and bleak for Salop this season, but saturday certainly wasn't that what was what was the difference what 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 changed apart from the man in the dugout of course um we just looked more of a threat mate to be honest
1: we just carried a threat we just looked to get forward we just looked to get on the front foot and i don't know did it just look as if the shackles had been released um is it the, the so-called new manager bounce in inverted commas you know I, I, I don't know um, it just seemed as if we had more players in forward areas and I, wrote, I was writing something this morning actually I was doing some takeaways and some points to learn from and I do think it was hard it was a hard game for Northampton to prep for because I think they had no idea what was coming I think they didn't know what personnel he he would go with as I don't think many of us really had a clue I mean I kind of remember writing at times last week I wonder what personnel. Uh, the new manager Paul Hurst is going to go with. I wonder what formation he's going to go with. Um, and obviously he went with a four three three. He went with Tom Bayliss, Taylor Perry, Tom Bloxham, Jordan Shipley, and he went with a very, is a very attack minded side, wasn't it? You know, we've been used to seeing kind of five at the back, often four centre halves in the team, centre halves at wing back, and then two defensive holding midfielders, and you know, then a front three or kind of, you know, you know, a, a relatively kind of, I don't know, a prudent side, a side yeah. that's kind of picked based on the, on the basis of keeping it tight first, whereas that wasn't what we saw on Saturday. We kind of saw we throw caution to the wind. We saw them. I mean, I find it fascinating. I don't know about you, um, but it almost at times looked like a four four two. It wasn't. It was a four three three. 3 3 but like when they were pressing, Tom Bayliss looked as if he was right up there with with Dan Udo. Um, and I see quite a lot of teams do that obviously i watched quite a lot of football this season covering different games like um you know I think something that I that I saw a similar happen with Villa uh, obviously uh, Ollie Watkins played up front but that often their formation had kind of changed kind of their and it felt like Shrewsbury attacked in a 4-3-3 but kind of were, were more of a 4-4-2 when they didn't have the ball and obviously at times against Northampton they they kind of did allow them to, to have the ball in that first half and they didn't really do anything with it whatsoever. But I just thought with the tactical kind of aspect to it and the formation of, of Bayliss kind of being the one closest to Dan, Daniel Ludo. And then obviously Jordan Shipley and Tom Bloxham on the wings, Taylor Perry and Carl Winchester as well. in there. I just thought it worked really well. Um, and to be fair, Shrewsbury were the better of the two teams in the first half with Bloxham hitting the posts. And they were by far the best side in the second half. I saw, I was chatting to a friend of mine yesterday who um, watched the game, watched the second half of the game on iFollow. And I know we've just previously off pod referenced the Northampton commentators on iFollow, haven't we? But uh, he kind of said that Shrewsbury had turned up and, and and banked up and played negative football. And he said, from what I saw of that game, he's not a Shrewsbury fan, he's got no kind of a Shropshire connection, but he just said... Uh, yeah, it looked like Shrewsbury absolutely pummeled them. And I think that is probably um a very accurate description. I know you watched the second half, Johnny. Obviously, nothing better to do on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> that is that is a I would say a very accurate reflection of uh, of, of of the game on Saturday. I would say they pummeled them in the second half, and 4-0 would not have been flattering.
0: No, not at all. You know, I did watch a little bit of the first half, and you know, I saw blocks from chats where we get the post and then watch the second half and... You've seen an awful lot more, obviously, of Shoesby than me, Ollie. But, you know, I've seen Shoesby at times this season and it's been particularly poor. But one thing we have sort of said throughout these podcasts is that there's players in there that, that, that do have quality. I know the recruitment's been sort of questioned, but there are players that do have quality that maybe we're not seeing. But on Saturday, they just looked like they looked like they had confidence. They looked, you know, I think you Obviously, read the list that I sent you before because I've got the, w- the word written down. Shackles off, the- all the same shackles off. Just looked like they were told to go out there, play with a bit of freedom and, and show what they can do. And-, and and they did. They just looked a completely almost d- different side. Now I know the players back there, like said Dan Udo, who makes a massive difference. And he took his goal superbly well. Um But yeah, they just looked a lot freer and almost like a bit of a weight has lifted. And I know it's probably like you say, it's probably a combination of. A- A lot of things, you know, the new manager, Bounce as well, that you talk about. Sometimes it doesn't work for clubs, sometimes it does, but they just looked a lot more free in possession and and, and willing to go and try things.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I I mean, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you touch on confidence there. It was something that Paul Hurst touched on after. um, I was actually tapping some quotes out um, from some of the questions that I asked uh, on Saturday. And one of the questions, uh, one of the quotes that Paul Hurst said to me was was kind of, you know, I just got it up here and he said, I said to the players before the game, I want you to go out there and be confident. I don't care what's been and gone. And then he kind of said, if I could design something that would give people confidence, it would make it, oh, I won't be standing here doing this. It'd make me, I'd be a millionaire.
0: Is That's said. a good quote. He's quite right.
1: Which is a good quote. Yeah. Um, but an interesting, an inter- something interesting nonetheless. And, and yeah, they did look like they had a lot more confidence. They did look like they went out there and played almost with them, nothing to lose. But a lot to prove kind of mentality um you know they're all fighting for their places now they're kind of all those players are on a level playing field again aren't they that's what happens is head coach comes in happens in all sport you, you, the boss comes in and they make assessments on whether they think who they like who they prefer everyone has different opinions and, and obviously when there's a changing of the guard everybody goes back to everybody goes back to zero so i imagine the standards in training the standards on the pitch it will all now increase because they're all now trying to impress the, the, new, the new head coach at Truro Town, who's, who is Paul Hurst. And that is absolutely something that they did on Saturday, you know. Um, and yeah, the shackles off, played full of confidence. They weren't they weren't scared to shoot, um, which I think is probably something that they probably haven't done enough of this season. You know, there were quite a few, few occasions outside the area where they just kind of pulled the trigger uh, straight after Danudo scored. He had another shot from distance. And OK, it was probably straight at the goalkeeper, but, you know, it just kind of, it cranks the pressure up, doesn't it? It makes you feel like chances have come in, it kind of, uh, and so on and so forth. So, no, it was a really impressive uh, victory. It was an impressive performance. It was a pleasure to watch, actually. I wrote that in my match report. It's not always been a pleasure to watch at times, um, you know, this season. Uh, it's been hard watching, um, but that wasn't the case. And the only thing that does concern me is the... Quite had quite the the jump um, from where they were to where they to where they got to on Saturday. I think I don't I don't, I don't know. I've, I mean, it was it literally. I I think I expected them to turn up and to be better, but I didn't quite expect them to turn up and be as good as they were. Um, and I went as far as saying this morning that I actually think that that's the best I've seen shoes play in my time covering the club, which is, you know, probably a year and a half now. And there's been some good results in there. But, you know, that second half, it was, yeah, they just banged down the door and banged down the door. And to be honest, they should have scored. They should have scored uh, more goals. But it wasn't just that. It was how they kind of restricted, you, you know, because obviously you watched it, but Northampton never sniffed, did they?
0: At no, those and days, one, did you- one point I got here that, you know, despite the fact that Salah did carry more of an offensive threat they were still defensive well so still they were defensively solid they, they they were they were rock solid yeah
1: absolutely absolutely and they i think there was one save that marco made in the second half when he died, got down to his left Save so you would probably expect him to make that yeah but they were just they were, they were excellent they really were um and you know it's been a tough couple of months for shrewsbury fans and i think you know it was um yeah it was a much needed it was a much much needed uh victory performance and I suppose perhaps a light at the end of the tunnel of what's been a quite difficult season to, to kind of follow the club in so far.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. And um, we've got a number of other things to, to talk about. Obviously, we're in the last week of the transfer window and I know Paul Hurst was was talking about that post-Northampton, post, post Northampton, which we'll come on to next. And we've got quite a few questions from you, Ballot fans. And we're going to reflect, as we said, on the uh, Hurst unveiling last week, where you got to, to quiz him on a few things and, and director of football, Mickey Moore. But on the transfer window, Oli, we know... Um, that Shrewsbury have been in pursuit of strikers throughout the window. Um, names have cropped up: the guy from Crystal Palace, obviously Nathan Fraser at Wolves, but nothing over the line as of yet. And, and judging from what Paul Hurst said on on, on Saturday to yourself, which was uh, which was in the Shopstar today online and in in print, um, it might end up being a quiet week from what we can see, um, which is probably what Salop fans maybe don't wanna don't wanna hear, but that seems to be the the reality of the situation potentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what we get. I think I think there might be one or two. Um, I think there might be. But I think that was the plan anyway. I think, you know, initially before. uh, Obviously, the plans have changed, have not they? There's a new manager in play now. There's a new there's a new kind of structure. There's a new staff. So plans have to change, don't they? So that is something that obviously the club are now dealing with um, as these plans have changed. Um, So. Yeah. Is it going to be that busy this week? I would have said, I would have said there might be one or two, but uh, I mean, how many we're we going to get through the door? Uh, not entirely sure. Um, what I would say is, I, I did push Paul, Paul Hurst on on Saturday about about what positions that he kind of wants to bring players into, but he's an experienced man, isn't he? And he kind of kept his cards very close to his chest. I wanted to try and get a line about, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd like a midfielder, or I'd like a fallback or I'd, I'd like a, another winger or something along those lines but he but he kind of um, he answered the question of course but he, he kind of didn't quite give me the answer that I was hoping for which is probably clever on his part to be honest it's probably somewhere someone who's been around the block and uh, knows exactly how to handle the press so yeah I was trying to get an angle of what what exact areas of the pitch that Shrewsbury are now targeting because um, obviously they missed out on the forward um and if they are going to play 4-3-3 with one player up front for the remainder of the season then you know do they need to i mean we wrote the story i wrote the story before christmas you know from a contact that obviously shrewsbury were looking to bring in two two centre forwards um obviously that's we we're, we're in a different situation now yeah. we've got a new man in charge we've got a new man kind of that gets the final say because we know that that's how the director of football model works mickey moore again kind of explained how it works, that, you know, he'll work on recruitment. But at the end of the day, the final decision lies with the head coach, which is obviously Hurst. So he will get what what he wants because, and Mickey Moore rightly says that, you know, if he's going to be unsuccessful in the job, yet yeah, I'm telling him what players he's got to sign and what formation he's going to play, then, you know, I have really got a leg to stand on, have I? So um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see, but it'll be interesting to see indeed. Um, so there's a few days to try and get some players over the line. Um, perhaps that victory on Saturday and that performance maybe doesn't make it quite as maybe the desperation levels have changed just a wee bit. You know, maybe they're not quite as I suppose desperate to kind of get that to get those players over the line as they may have felt before. Anyway.
0: If um I, I know you say there, Paul, this is very coy, just from your point of view, in terms of your opinion, if say Salah were to bring say two players came in this week, what what positions you know would you predict they would they would look at you know just from your point of view any areas that they could strengthen if they could only strengthen in two you mentioned there the sort of the forward situation's probably changed a little bit but is there anywhere else that you think they probably need strengthening between now and the deadline
1: yes probably if i had to say i think paul hurst actually uh referenced it himself that they haven't gotten out and out right back in the squad uh he referenced that himself on saturday so perhaps that might be an area that they look at obviously Morgan Feeney's a center half playing at right back at the moment maybe Elliot Bennett can probably play there um so I, know, I suppose that's that that might be an area that he might feel and what I suppose he, he what he did say was was his options that he's after um you know I feel there might be perhaps a little bit light in midfield depth obviously they've got Winchester and they've got and they've got um Kenner, but 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 aside from that they Perhaps a little bit light in that depth in the centre of the park. Um, obviously, Bayless and, and Perry played as eights on on, on Saturday, but you know, um, and 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 would they want another centre forward too? So Udo, Bowman, and Matter are the three that are there at the moment. Maybe they might want to, or maybe they want maybe a versatile forward who could play up front but also play across the front three. There, are probably three areas that not really narrowing it down much. Am I? Might, the only thing I haven't said is the centre half. <laughs> But no, probably three players is right back, maybe a, a midfielder, um, because I do think like they want they want injury away from being really really short in the central yeah. midfield. They have been all season. You know they haven't had, you know, on a Carl, Carl Winchester spent a lot of time playing being back, which has meant you know the likes of Kip, like Noah and Kenner um has played in midfield. So yeah, I think they've been quite short in that department. So that might be an area that they might target some some strength in depth. Um, but to be honest with you uh, we don't know what we don't know what, what 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 the new gaffer is thinking so you know only time's really going to tell with this one i'm afraid
0: yeah watch this space over the uh, the coming days just a shout out for our sponsor all our podcasts here um at the shopstar express expresses are kindly sponsored by the cattle and toast demand um and if you want to get your hands on some of its fantastic products head along to the cattle and Right, um, we're going to reflect on on last week. Really, it seems a bit redundant almost because since then we've Paulo's had a game, he's had a win, um, but he was unveiled um, since the last time we spoke on the podcast. He was unveiled as the Shrewsbury chain manager, um, which we were expecting earlier last week. Um, so he met with the press um, alongside director of football Mickey Moore last week, and as we referenced at the top of the podcast, Ollie had probably about five a four pages worth of questions for him. Um, but we'll talk- just. Paul Hurst, I Paul let talk about Paul Hurst first. You know, we, we've heard a lot of the comments over recent days and, he, and he, he did address in depth, you know, his departure last time. Obviously, there was a bit of a controversial departure. Some people thought his move to Ipswich was, was sewn up or he'd been talking to Ipswich before he'd he'd sort of finished as a manager and before the end of the season or whatever. And, and there were some choice comments at the time from the former CEO, Brian Caldwell. And for some fans, he sort of left under a... A little bit of a cloud, but from what he said, Ollie, I, I very much found him genuine, saying that you know he'd always wanted to come back to the club, he's still got a very good relationship with Roland Witchley, the chairman and the owner. Um, and yeah, I thought it was interesting, and he addressed everything pretty, pretty frankly. And I'm sure if there were some who were unsure of his return, I'm sure they're feeling a little bit better after that result on Saturday,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so, yeah. He addressed everything in that kind of you know, in that in that press conference. I thought, just, just before we, I suppose, get on to that point, I thought it was thought well, the appointment itself was interesting in terms of, obviously, there were reports, obviously, Matt Taylor left on the Sunday following the Peterborough game, obviously, there were reports then that, you know, the, the clubs were in talks, um, and then I think it broke late at night, I think it was um, well, one of the reporters, I um, can't remember, I think it was Peter O'Rourke, who kind of um, said that he was set to be named new manager kind of that it was done but, but but as far as as far as i'm led to believe i can i can pretty much confirm like categorically that it at that stage it was not done um you know so there was a lot of kind of everybody was kind of on edge I kept seeing fans tweeting the club saying announce Hurst announce Hurst kind of as football fans do in this day and age <laughs> it's quite funny because I keep seeing them all at the moment saying announce players announce players
0: I do like that uh, as, it, as if the admin of the shoes was going to reply back and go, oh yeah sorry I forgot to tell you uh, Paul Hurst has been there it <laughs>
1: um, but yes yeah, so I gather that they kind of um, made a bit of a break they made the breakthrough and kind of secured the deal and um on, on the Tuesday afternoon evening quite late on. Um so that was when I think it was all confirmed. Um and then he came in to sign his contract on the Wednesday morning and then it was kind of announced at at lunchtime and then obviously you saw myself and, and you on Twitter driving like um Lewis Hamilton to get to the meadow obviously <laughs> announced at 12 press conference at 1.30. Um but I gather that that was all kind of to, because it was kind of done like that because they wanted they didn't want the press conference to be on the Thursday because they wanted Paul Hurst to have the opportunity to work with the players on the Thursday and the Friday. Um, and they didn't. Obviously, it's busy, isn't it, when you take over a new job, whereas those, that time was, was, was kind of supposed to be uh, specifically kind of set aside for the manager to kind of work with these new players. Um, so yeah, so but, but but and and obviously there you go, and then he was announced, and we were there covering the press conference, um, and, and yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought, you know, I said it on the video, you know, we've seen managers in the past come in and knock it out of the park in in on um, um, but that that doesn't necessarily mean anything to be honest. You can say what you want, can't they? Because and, and I'm not trying to trying to like kind of bring a downer on it, but you can, you can literally, you can, you can say what you want, but at the end of the day, it's performances and results that will, in the end, kind of determine whether it's a successful stint in charge of a club, and, you know, since he's come in, he said all the right things, he's made all the right noises, he's kind of, he's handled himself really, really well, Um, but the most important thing is his team have gone, he's set his team up, and they've gone out there and done the talking on the pitch, haven't they, let's be honest, Um, and that, that is the most important thing.
0: Yeah, just a couple of well, points to come from what Hurst had, had sort of said and a couple of um, what Mickey Moore said to answer your questions, Ollie. Um A lot of fans have made reference to the fact that you know Hurst had never worked under a director of football. And we know that the structure at Shrewsbury, which changed in the summer, has, has been under a little bit of scrutiny from some supporters. You know, the recruitment has, has also been under the microscope. Um, but, but I thought Paul Hurst gave some very good comments on that, talked about working under a director of football you know, he said he hadn't done it before, but he said I think he said something from where he could see it, you know, having an extra pair of hands or or extra help, you know, can't be a bad thing. So it, it looks like he's, you know, very much willing to work within the structure of the shoes we got. And then obviously Mickey Moore again addressed the fact that he doesn't pick the team, he doesn't make the sign ins, he just presents, you know, players to those, and he, he has the final say on them. Um and that was yeah. reiterated again. I know it was reiterated at the fans' parliament the previous week as well. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Mickey Moore's coming coming for some
1: for some real kind of um, harsh criticism. Um, and, and you know, like when you're in football, it's tough, isn't it? When results don't go your way, and, you know, fans are going to look 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 to the kind of people that are making appointments and making decisions. And but what, what is an interesting one is if you know if given the fact that Shrewsbury played well on Saturday, if they can turn around kind of this kind of form and they can get more out of the players that they've got does does that does would that does that then change the opinion on mickey moore because obviously a lot of the players have been brought in have kind of been you know players that he and matt taylor work together to bring in and you know do you get what i'm where i'm going with that johnny yeah that obviously you know there's probably a lot of criticism aimed towards him on the recruitment side of things but Obviously, if Paul Hurst comes in and manages to get the best out of those players, then does that kind of mean that the, the recruitment now has kind of been better? Um, so, you know, who 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 kind of knows? Um, who who kind of knows
0: really? Yeah, it'll be interesting to uh, interesting to see. You know, I going to continue uh, moving forward. Mickey Moore also, you know, he spoke about as i said addressing the team, but he also um, answered the question for himself, Ollie, on, on sort of budgets and. Um, and stuff which I know we talked about previously. I think we talked about on last week's podcast, actually. Um, yeah. And sort of, you know, a little bit of inf- more information around that and the playing budget at the moment. I um, just want to explain to Sartre fans a little bit on, on on what he said. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I suppose I kind of, yeah, I suppose I kind of grilled him a bit. Not, not really grilled him a bit, but I kind of asked the question about, I pointed out that, as a few fans have kind of mentioned to me, that earlier in the summer, He kind of suggested that Shrewsbury Town's budget was a sustainable one. Um, That was in one of the interviews that he did quite soon after taking charge of the club. Um, And I kind of said back, I can't remember the exact date that he did did that interview, but it was quite close to the start of the season, maybe like five or six games in, he kind of came out and, and, and did an interview. And he kind of started talking about the overspend. It was probably the first time we really started to hear about this overspend. Um, so he we kind of talked about that a little bit and I and he said back at back in that interview that Shrewsbury's budget is is now sustainable it wasn't sustainable but it now it now is sustainable and then obviously it's been revealed since then that chairman Roland Witchley um, and finance director Duncan Montgomery are putting money into the club to help with the day to day running of the club which I kind of did say to him is it kind of a contradiction to to what he said previously, obviously, if you've got a sustainable budget, then why have um, obviously the finance director and the chairman had to put money into the club? Um, so that was the que- That was basically the question that I the, that I asked him um, along those lines. I pointed out those the, those stats, uh, not stats, those things that he kind of said and asked, asked the question. Um, and he kind of said that it was it's not that this budget that they have is sustainable. It is a sustainable budget. It is. Kind of the one that's been set and you know it was due to the overspending actually uh, that has put shrewsbury in the position financially that they find themselves in um which i thought was really interesting stuff um you know so yeah that's the that's that that's what that's what his, his reply was um i think fans will find that interesting whether they agree with what he's saying whether they will seek to attribute blame elsewhere or whatever. I suppose fans will kind of take that information and do kind of what they what they choose with it. Um, I've got Mickey's quotes. They will be going out in the story uh, tomorrow um, about his quotes on, on, on this particular kind of aspect and kind of what's happening. But, you know, I felt, I felt it was a really valid point um, from a few fans that kind of brought it up. Um, and so I felt like that question kind of needed to be asked uh, 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 of Mickey Moore. Um, so yeah I thought it was an intriguing
0: answer yeah we well uh, get on to uh, shopstart.com tomorrow to, uh, to see all the the quotes in detail um, Ollie we've got about five or six questions from Salop fans so I'm just going to go through them um, Thomas Paparelli has got in touch how far can we go was the game a honeymoon period or can you see it carrying on um, can we qualify for the Europa League <laughs> yes I think there's a few getting a little bit playoffs, but, yeah Yes. <laughs> What um okay, how far can, um, can you see it go? I think to yeah. be honest, yeah, this is from outside looking in. Just take it one game at a time at the moment. It is only one win. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's I obviously
0: positive it. signs. You yeah, know?
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the vast improvement is is probably what's helping. It's the, the significance of the improvement is what is helping Truvey fans and making them feel much more positive about the overall outlook of where the football teams at at yeah. the moment. Um so I think that's probably the most important thing um, that made such a significant improvement in such a small space of time. I suppose you look at it and make if they can keep making those improvements. Um, I think. Cambridge will have seen that game and they will have seen the way that they've played and the, the way that they've set up and they will have more of an idea of what to expect from um, But I do think there is a there is a bit of that uh, from Northampton's perspective, I mean. I don't know what you prepare for. You know, if you're Northampton, maybe do, what do they watch Grimsby and see how kind of Paulhurst teams have set up, um, uh, and you know, kind of adapt. To, you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? So, I, yeah, I think it's a case of taking each game at each game at a time. Uh, it certainly was an excellent performance, but but I think until a start, to, until we see this on a, these kind of displays on a consistent basis, then I think it is perhaps quite hard you know, to kind of say, um, you know, if they play like that, then they'll win more games than they lose. I mean, that's that's absolutely, that's one thing that I can tell you for for certain. But, you know, perhaps uh, we need to see consistency um, because even in the 28 games previous that we've only scored 18 goals in, you know, there were games against someone like Derby where they played well. And obviously that doesn't necessarily mean that they've kind of played well for the rest of the season. So it's early days as far as I'm concerned, um, I'm certainly not getting too carried away. Um, I- I'm intrigued to see how they go against kind of the better sides in the division. Uh, you know, obviously games coming up against, obviously it's Cambridge this week, but then there's games coming up against Derby. Um, so I'm intrigued to kind of see how that goes. Um, so, yeah, it's a busy, it's a busy period coming up. And, you know, it's a really, really positive start, but it is just a start at the moment. And you know, I don't want to get too carried. I don't really want to get too carried away because... You know, there's plenty of work still to be done, I imagine, for for the coaching
0: staff. Thomas, thanks very much for your question, Josh Kelly's asked. How long is Paul Hurst's contract? Now, that, I'm just looking at the statement that she should be released last week. That it's wasn't not in concerned. there. It's not no, in no. there. Do, do we know anything around that, Ollie, or is that being sort of kept under wraps by the club? It's been,
1: you know, it's been kept under wraps. It's something that I'm probably going to ask the question of. um see if I can figure it out. As from some stage, I'll make a few calls and see if anyone's got any idea how long that contract length is. Um, Yeah, like I say, we don't know. It was left out of the statement, Um, so perhaps that's something that we can ask uh, Paul Hurst on. I think Friday. I think his press conference has moved to Friday this week, uh, by the sounds of things. So um, yeah, maybe it's something that we can we can answer then.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can get the answer for you then, Josh um, James or at bh2thecliff has got in touch. Uh, What are the chances of Uno being offered a fresh deal and terms that reflect his place as first choice striker now? The situation was explained. I think last week or the week before, there is a new off-contract offer on the table um, yeah. for Danudo, which which is yet to be signed. Um, it'd be interesting. I'll just moving this question on. It'll be interesting to see if the current situation now changes anything with regards to to that and in terms of Udo. Yeah,
1: it, would it, would yeah, it really would be. He looked much more like his old self. I must admit on Saturday, um, you know, he looked dangerous. He looked threatening. He had several opportunities to kind of score. He kind of. You know he caused Northampton's defenders quite an awful lot of problems and was a real presence kind of up there. So, you know it was it was a real interesting one. Uh, I did see a few kind of supporters out there kind of make the the kind of connection between Taylor leaving and suddenly uh, Dan Udo back being back in the starting eleven and things like that. But I can kind of assure them that that was that would have been the case whether Matt Matt Taylor was in charge or not. Um, you know, I tweeted on Friday saying that I expect him to kind of be involved in in some description because he's kind of getting close to making his recovery. We saw him warming up before the last home game, which I think was Stevenage, and we saw him doing some run throughs on the side of the field, and he really, really did look sharp. Um, and it, it, it well, yeah, but um, he just didn't quite make it for the Peterborough game, but but obviously then I was kind of informed that you know it, it hopefully he'd be back in training. For that week where Town were kind of making the managerial appointment. So it's good to have him back. Um, He's a real honest lad, Dan. Uh, He's a really nice lad. Um, and it'd be great if he can kind of secure a new long-term contract at the Meadow. Uh, Will he be offered fresh terms on the fresh terms? I'm not necessarily sure about that, but you you never know. He might go and bang in 10 goals and, you know, that might increase his value. And he he might want a pay (laughs) rise. Who knows? Not really sure. quite sure how these kind of contractual situations work it's obviously an evolving situation isn't it, with Dan Udo and his contract so you know we're just gonna have to wait and see um on that one it's a question that's asked regularly is there any update with Dan Udo's contract but obviously we're at a stage where he's been offered the contract they are the need to negotiate and kind of come to some conclusion and or or, or, or not don't they I think that's where we're kind of at with it really
0: uh, Thomas Miles Corbett has got in touch do you see uh, sorry did you see instant improvements in players or perhaps players in a system that suits them just playing like they can that's an interesting question what, what did you make of that all a sort of different yeah, system yeah, yeah. suited them or no, well, individual of,
1: yeah I thought there were lots of players who were I thought Bloxham was pretty good against Peterborough uh, but I thought obviously Dan Udo, as we've just mentioned I thought Shipley was good um, I thought Winchester improved um say improved but but yeah i just thought he just looked much more comfortable playing in that that holding role at the base of the midfield but bayless was good um i thought he got into the game more as it went on um the longer the game went on he looked more like i mean don't forget the only the only thing that you have to take into consideration is that tom bayless hasn't played since november danudo hadn't played since boxing day um so it kind of felt like a bit of a perfect storm really to a degree the kind of the players that they've got coming back from injury um, you know, at the same time um, for Paul Hurst. So, yeah, um, you know, it was, you know, it's a good performance, and we saw a lot of players kind of playing well. I thought Aaron Pierre did really well at centre back. Um, you know, I was surprised to see Pierre in the starting eleven. Um, yeah, I was surprised to see him in the starting eleven, but I thought he did really, really well, um, kind of on the left side. That that left footer brings just a little bit more balance to a back to a back four, doesn't it? Um, so I thought he did well too. So, yeah, there were improvements in performances. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that at all. Uh,
0: Chris H or at the right and shrew has got in touch. What is the realistic goal for the rest of the season? I think a team, the team needs a positive target. And for me, they should now be trying to match or better last season's 12th place finish. The league is so congested, that is definitely not impossible. Um, it's a really good point. I think it relates yeah, to probably sweet. our first question, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think this is just from the, as again from the outside looking in. I think just it's that all that it's a cliche, it's a boring cliche that comes from managers. But to start with, just take one game at a time. But I think, you know, in the back of his mind, Paul he was probably looking about a mid, excuse me, get a mid table finish after what's happened this season and then build next season. Yeah. I think it, that's probably a realistic. But yeah, I, I, I get what Chris is saying positive targets and stuff. And the fact that the league is congested means it isn't impossible.
1: Yeah, I spoke to Chris this morning, actually. Um, uh, I exchanged a few messages with Chris and he kind of uh, without really noticing it's it's kind of how close that how kind of congested that table is. And it, it's not it's not that it's not beyond the realms of possibility to win a couple of games and suddenly you are in that top half and you're sitting comfortably in that top half. I suppose my kind of I always look at the fact that I suppose we started the day like the place above the relegation zone on Saturday. And I suppose perhaps that tells you how kind of poor this division actually is this year. Um, That you know, you can produce one performance or maybe two performances and results, and suddenly you can kind of fly up the league table. Uh, But yeah, it is extremely congested. Um, It is extremely congested. Um, But I think before, I think that is a very, very good question. But I think before, I almost feel like before I answer it, I need to see. A few more games, and yeah, I think it's a small sample size at the moment. If they play like they did on Saturday, then yeah, they'll finish in the top half. You know, they'll they'll probably better, you know, um, what they did last season. But they ain't going to play like that every week, are they? Uh, other teams will figure them out. They kind of find out their way of playing, uh, and and they'll, they'll they'll set up to stop them. They and also they've got to play um, other teams too. So yeah. Um, yeah, we're just gonna have to. We're just gonna have to wait and see. Um, yeah, it, it is a good question because that league table is so so compact, so tight up there. So it ain't gonna take much for them to actually end up in the top half. Which, given how this season's felt, seems bizarre to say.
0: Salad so, fans, thank you very much for your questions. Really appreciate them. Keep them coming in for next week's episode. Um, I'll just find before we wrap up Cambridge. Saturday, the crowd, Meadow uh, side, I think they're just one place below Sarp at the table at the moment, in that highly congested league one table, as we've just said. Um, it's all going to be about, you know, there's going to be a fantastic reception for Hurst. Um, and to be fair, Sarp's home record, you know, it's not been as bad as the away form this season. So, you know, he'll want to get off to a, a positive start. And, and certainly against the side that are in and around them as well, winning those types of games are, are always going to be key.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's going to want to get off to good start in front of the home fans so yeah, uh, intrigued to see how this one plays out, obviously there's a 1-1 draw at Cambridge earlier in the season where the centre-half scored that got that completely and utterly uh, inexcusable. Oh goal. yeah, the mazy rub. Yeah, was it Martin Morrison? Yeah, he just ran through, ran through the whole of the team and just slid it nonchalantly past Morrissey. Um So yeah, um, but they kind of fought back to get a point on the road, didn't they? Taylor Perry with a goal, so yeah, I mean Cambridge aren't that great, are they? But uh, they've signed Lyle Taylor, haven't they? I think Cambridge is that is that right? I could be wrong there. Let me just double check that. But yeah, I think they've signed Lyle Taylor, so um, you know they're a, they're going to be a decent they're going to be a decent um, side, aren't they? Um, so they're going to pose they're going to pose a threat um, in the Shrewsbury area. So um, yeah, it's going to be a tough game, definitely. Prediction? He is, he is Cambridge, you're not
0: he is playing for Cambridge. He is James playing obviously.
1: for Cambridge. There we go. He's a good player. He's
0: we'll a He um, is a good player. Did he scored You know, score goals obviously at a high level. We'll just have a. We'll finish off with the prediction. I just think Paul his <laughs> first game is going go. first go. home game is going to go. Prediction. They
1: perform. Um, they perform the way they did at the weekend. I think they'll win. So I'm going to go two one. Um, and if they create chances like they do, then I think this goal scoring thing, if like they did on Saturday, then I think this goal scoring record is a thing in the past because, yeah, they really could have scored four on Saturday. I know you watched it. So, yeah, that's some of the opportunities that they had. I mean, Taylor Perry missed that one on one right at the end. Um, which, incidentally, he never really looked like scoring. But, you know, <laughs> kind of but, but yeah, so they had so many chances. Um, so
0: good for them. Let's hope they can keep it up this weekend yeah positive side indeed Ollie, thank you very much for your time as always salad fans an old face has returned to bring the mood um, well we increase the mood and hopefully bring the good times back to the Crag Meadows you had a pretty good start to things anyway so hopefully you can, can keep that going as always thank you very much for listening and until next time on Shrews, Gu- Shrew's Views goodbye